Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast. I am Andy Zoltzman, comedian, cricket statistician, and... And, uh, no, that, that's all I've got. I'm looking back on the second day of the fourth Ashes test at Old Trafford. It's the 16th day of the series and the first where one side has completely and utterly dominated. England finished 384 for four off just 72 overs and even that was after taking pity on the baggy green season going a bit easy in the final 40 minutes. Already 67 runs ahead after bowling Australia out for 317 and in total control, 317 all out against 384 for four. A solid three days cricket in times gone by, hacked out in two in these cricketingly crazy times, despite losing 16 overs to the now traditional overrate dawdling. For the first time in the series, bat got totally on top of ball for a prolonged period. England scored 327 for the loss of just Moen Alley in between the Ducket and Crawley wickets in just 54.3 overs of carnage that was at once completely mind-bending and, after the last year and a bit watching England, strangely familiar. Bowlers who have seen everything as Australia's have have been seeing something new and they've not been liking it. England put on one of their most baz-ballistitious displays of the past crazy 15 months. They reached 300 in 51.5 overs, the fifth fastest ever in tests for a team to reach 300 and the fastest ever in an Ashes innings, breaking the previous record by not one, not two, but eight overs. And that record was set on that fantastic first day at Edgebaston in 2005 when uh, England reached 300 off 39.5 overs on the way to 400 in the day. England passed 300 with only two wickets down. And that was something from my childhood nagged at me and thought, oh, this, this, there's something I remember about this used to happen really quite often. And in fact, it was the first time England had been 300 with fewer than three wickets down against Australia in a home test since 1985, when they did it three times in four matches, the third, fifth and sixth tests of that series when I was a cricket-obsessed ten-year-old. The man of the day, unquestionably, Zach Crawley, who you may remember uh, me saying I would have dropped at the start of the summer. Well, England selectors ignored all the statistics. He'd averaged 22 in 25 tests since his double hundred against Pakistan in 2020 coming into this summer. He scored 189 off 182 balls, three sixes. He had only hit one in his entire career before this innings. In the afternoon session, 106 off 82 balls. Just the 20th time in Ashes cricket a player hit 100 in a session. The 19th time was Mitchell Marsh at Headingley. The sixth England player to hit 100 in a session against Australia. Only the third in the last 100 years. The other two were parts of two of the most iconic English innings ever played. Ian Botham during his 149 at Headingley in 1981. And Ben Stokes on the way to his match-winning masterpiece also at Headingley four years ago. And yes, this is Zach Crawley we're talking about. The same Zach Crawley 
who didn't even score 189 runs in a year two years ago. Eight tests in 2021. He scored 173 runs at an average of 10.8. How can a player like that play in innings like he did uh, in this test match? It was the highest for England against Australia in England since Nasser Hussain's 207 in 1997, Crawley was on course for the fastest ever Ashes double century until he was dismissed by Cameron Green. His partnership with Joe Root, 206 in under 30 overs at 6.94 and over. Here's my first stat of the day. That is the fastest scoring rate in a partnership of 200 or more recorded in Test history. Uh, Crawley's score was the joint seventh highest by an England opener against Australia. This is the same Zach Crawley we're talking about. The same guy who, uh, over a 16 innings stretch last year, didn't even reach 50. The joint seventh highest by an England opener against Australia. And the only players ahead of him are like a who's who of English opening batters of the last 100 years. Len Hutton, 364 in 1938. Alistair Cook, two entries, plus 189 himself. Graham Gooch, Herbert Sutcliffe, Jeff Boycott. So I want to put this in further context. As I said, over the, his previous 25 tests, average 22, six scores over 50, two of which were hundreds in uh, 49 innings. Only 12 scores of 30 or more in those 49 innings. In this series, he's had five 30s in seven innings, including four in four consecutive first innings. And this is not just my stat of the day. It might be my stat of the year. Zach Crawley has done something no other England opener has ever done in a home Ashes series against Australia. Uh, this is the 30th Ashes series in this country with four or more tests. Crawley is the only England opener to reach 30 in the first innings of the first four tests of a home Ashes series. The same Zach Crawley, who after 10 innings of the Basball Revolution last summer, had scored a total of 164 runs. The same Zach Crawley, who's been picked as a match-winning batsman, who's averaged just 27 in the 18 English victories he has played in. Truly, it was a remarkable innings and a remarkable achievement. Now, let's look at what happened during that innings. He did have quite a lot of luck. There were four inside edges past the stumps that I counted, one of which was dropped by Carey. Would have been a miracle catch if he'd managed to cling on to it. A number of plays and misses, a few bloops overfielders. He reached 100 off 93 balls, the fourth fastest for England against Australia, behind Botham's two centuries in 1981, and Gilbert Jessup at the Oval in 1902, the second fastest by an England opener against anyone behind Crawley's own innings in Royal Pindy in December. But his full shot percentage was just under 25%. 23 of his 93 balls had an edge or a play and miss. Now, the full shot data on Crickviz goes back to 2006. There are over 1,300 centuries for which we have full shot data since 2006. And looking at the players' first 100 runs, so basically up to the ball they score their 100, Crawley's was the sixth highest full shot percentage of any of those innings. So, was he just incredibly lucky? Well, it's not as simple as that. There's a total of 23 full shots, and a total of 23 full shots before reaching a century is not exceptional. But because he scored so quickly, it was a very high percentage. So it was around about the 70th percentile in terms of total full shots, but very, very high in terms of percentage. The result, therefore, of his attacking high-risk approach, which is what he's been told to do, and what clearly is bringing the best out of him this summer. His dot ball percentage was in the bottom 2% of this uh, this data sample. Quite a big data sample. His run rate excluding boundary shots, how effective he is at working the ball around when not drumming majestically dreamy shots or slashing one over the slips or sneaking it past leg stump multiple times before or hitting drives of almost orchestral magnificence. That's in the top 2%. Also, the edges, several were pretty meaty gamble thwacks way over the slip. So, in summary, he was lucky, but not to an unusual extent. The pitch, again, suited him. Uh, his full shot percentage was roughly the same as his other innings in this series, in which he's been before today, without being statistically remarkable, quite effective. He just got lucky today, but he could have got lucky 
on another day. He took advantage and played the kind of innings for which he was selected, essentially ahead of Ben Folkes, in a way that I thought he shouldn't have been. So congratulations to England selectors. Not such a good day for Australia's captain, uh, Pat Cummins. I do not have a filter on my stats machine for shittest ever day for an Australian captain on the field. But uh, Cummins, well, he had a shit one. Out, first ball of the day, when Australia really needed to drag some more overs out of England and put some more runs on the board. Then naught for 93 from 16 overs, currently his most expensive test innings in terms of runs per over, knocking his two innings in, at Leeds down a place each to third and fourth. That's one for 170 from 31 overs in the second innings at Leeds and the first inning so far at Old Trafford. Look upon his bowling figures, ye mighty and despair, with the bat. He scored two runs for four dismissals from the last 15 balls he's faced in this series after starting so match-winningly well at Edgebaston and chipping in with some useful runs at Lords as well. He also dropped a catch, uh, quite an easy one, and another that he might have dropped if he'd seen it and moved towards it to drop it. So, in summary, one of the finest cricketers of our age had an absolute stinker. And finally, before we wrap up, Let's just think about a cover drive that Moeen Ali played en route to a valuable 54. My God, it was beautiful. The kind of cover drive that makes you think all is well in the world, even though the evidence suggests all is not well in the world. Thank you, Moeen, for giving us just a moment's respite. And it was a glimpse into the parallel universes of Moeen Ali's almost infinite alternative careers that he could have had. He was a very fine number three bat, bat, batter in county cricket before he became a spinner who would bat anywhere depending on where England needed him. His success was absolutely glorious to watch. Uh, looking ahead now to day three, well frankly as I said I've given up predicting what's going to happen in this series but I wouldn't be entirely surprised if England won on day three, weather permitting Australia look absolutely befuddled by England's batting as New Zealand, India and Pakistan have been many times in the last 14 months and Australia's batting looks uncertain whether to stick, twist, sticky twist, twisty stick or, 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 or any alternatives based on that. England's bowlers appear a little more penetrative than Australia's at the moment. Australia may be a, a little tighter after that World Test final against India just before the Ashes and Australia's batters easier to bowl to than England's in their current form. The weather clearly could be crucial, but with the Ashes on the line, who knows what will happen. This England team really makes cricket even more worth watching than it is anyway, which, even when it's at its shittest, is still very worth watching. Thank you for listening to the Bugle Ashes podcast. If you enjoyed this, do tell all your friends. Don't forget to check out all the content from the Bugle stable, including the latest Bugle, featuring Nish Kumar and Chris Addison via thebuglepodcast.com. Until tomorrow, may the cricket be with you. Amen. You can listen to other programmes from the Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.